listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. Sarah will be back tomorrow. We are still we we still have a team, a crew at the LCMS convention in Tampa. We'll check in with them in just a, a few minutes here, coming up in the second half of the program. And uh, first half, uh, we get to talk about a new translation, the Evangelical Heritage Version of the Bible. We'll talk about that in just a little bit as well. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about them at cuw.edu. Joining me today, the Dr. John Brug, his general editor and Old Testament editor of the Evangelical Heritage Version, uh, available from Northwestern Publishing House. Dr. Brug, thank you so much for being my guest this morning on the Coffee Hour. Happy to be here. So the we we've talked about the evangelical heritage version I've, in the past. I think it's probably been about a year or so since we've talked about the the New Testament that was released um, in, in the past, and now um, the the entire Old Testament, New Testament available and uh, fr- published from Northwestern Publishing House. Excited to share this with our listeners today. What is what is unique about the EHV? Why should we consider the evangelical heritage version? Well, I think any new translation, you're going to be blessed if you read it and work through a new translation because you're going to receive new insights and do comparisons. So whether a person wants to look for a new translation or whether they want to, uh, you know, just have another one to consult once in a while. For example, if you love a real literal translation, ours tries to be more not interpretive but more idiomatic and and communicate clearly for modern readers on the other hand we try to stay pretty close to the hebrew and greek whenever it's possible so we're we're aiming for that middle spot and so if you want to take a look at a translation that has good balance that's kind of what we would encourage we try to balance the old and new keeping traditional terms you know being more literal and more interpretive, you, if you want to say, or more uh, idiomatic, as the, the case dictates. So balance is kind of our key word. And so the other thing is, since this is a new translation, people can send in suggestions and that over the next few years to be part of a new translation project and to say, well, you know, I can have some input into it and, and get some experience of the feeling of doing a new translation and being part of the process that that in itself is worthwhile whether or not you ever adopt this as your main translation that's beside the point tell us about the the translation process uh tell us about the 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 group behind this translation the wartburg project okay we're a, a group of pastors uh, we're a, actually a parasynodical organization of the wells but this is not a wells wisconsin synod translation it's something undertaken by the group so The translation really belongs to the Bible Translation Society, not to a publishing house or not to a corporation or a church body. So we can be relatively independent. For example, we promise people we'll never pull a translation away from them or anything. So what we do is we have one person translates a book, and we have different people for different books, so it's a team. Then we have... We had four technical reviewers that review the Hebrew and the Greek, and then we collate all of their their uh, findings. And sometimes, if you have four reviewers, you get five opinions, you know, on certain verses. So then we finally have to make a choice. And then after that is done, uh, the editors, of course, are involved in helping with the decisions at each stage. And then we have approximately ten people do the setting up, the proofreading, 
uh, giving us their reactions about clarity, whether they think there's too many commas or too few commas or whatever. So each book is read by about uh, at least 10 people at various levels of, you know, language study or casual reading. And then finally, we have to make a decision. We turn it over to the publisher. We provide the content. The publisher does the set up and the printing and all of that and then it hits the market and we hope people will like it there'll be a lot of electronic different electronic versions coming out you could find out about them on our site so that's kind of the process what were some of the the difficulties or challenges that um that you encountered in the the process of translating and, and producing this well one is the sheer volume of course of of the Bible, you know, it's a huge book. You got to kind of end up with kind of small print when you got the whole Bible. So that's be one thing. The other challenge is there's lots of different levels of the Hebrew and Greek, and so we try to keep and reflect those. But I think one of the big challenges is just not so much the difficulty, but it's really a challenge that I really feel our people really rose to the occasion, and that's that people often have strong preferences or, you know, things, favorites they like in Bible translation. And when we're doing a translation for everybody, not everybody is going to get their their favorite. And so I think people saying, we're going to work together with the spirit of uh, brotherhood and cooperation. We have both men and women, of course, as readers. We're a bunch of brothers and sisters working together around God's Word to try to create a gift that we can share with the church. And we have to always subordinate our likes, that's not irrelevant, but we have to subordinate our likes to the way the Holy Spirit has chosen to say things. So I think that's the biggest challenge, to let the text be the rule, not our likes or preferences. And I call it a challenge in one sense, but another sense I say it was joy, because the people that were involved were really uh, wonderful and great at working together and realizing, you know, and not everybody's going to get their favorite choice of everything, but we've got to work together as a group who want to share the Word of God as best we can with, you know, everyone in our society. With a name like the Wartburg Project, an image comes to mind of a renegade monk holed up in a castle with, uh, you know, a quill and some some ink and, yeah. and translating. But uh, how how is this process somewhat like, uh, you know, Martin Luther translating the Bible into the language of the people? And how much how was it different? Paint a picture for us of what translation is like. That process of translation is like today. You're not hiding out in a castle with ink and a <laughs> and a pen. Yeah. Well, once Luther got back into circulation, so to speak, then he had his committee that regularly met in person. They all brought in their notes and so on, and they worked on the Old Testament. So in that sense, he had a committee, but at first he had to go on his own. I think one thing that Luther kind of inspires us as the real, I guess, almost founding father of modern vernacular translation is you got to get something out and put it in the hands of the people and let the people use it and let it be tested. You can't just sit in the ivory tower forever. You know, you have to uh, involve the people and bring the people into the process. The big thing in difference today, of course, was that we had virtually no in-person meetings. Everything is done by email exchanges, and we send the documents back and forth. This greatly speeds things up. All, almost all our work with the publishing, everything today is electronic. We certainly could not have done what we did in the time frame we did without, you know, the modern electronic 
conveniences, which also produce their own problems. And so in, in that sense, our process was quite a bit different than Luther's. But I think if you think of the process that he followed over the whole course of his Bible translation, our, tra- our process was not that much different. We probably have more direct lay people involvement and more testing in congregations because, you know, in, in Luther's day, a lot of the lay people hadn't had a good biblical education and maybe uh, couldn't contribute as much as we expect congregations and lay people to help us in our process. So we can we can involve the church as a whole a little bit in at least giving us feedback. And of course, with the many printed words we have, for example, the Concordia Commentary, which was a great help, and many Old Testament books, the scholarship they put together there. So I think we we have Bible scholarship has moved ahead, and there's, you know, more years of accumulated research, for example, in the Concordia commentary than there is for Luther, who had to kind of pioneer everything. He had to provide, you know, the commentaries, everything. There wasn't much that he had to work with. We have just uh, just about two and a half minutes left. What are some of the features that distinguish the EHV from other translations? Uh, what What is unique about this uh, Evangelical Heritage Version? Um, you can give us just one example if you want. Yeah, well, I think one thing that is unique, we try to be very conscious that the Bible is, of course, the ruling document of the Church, but it works alongside the worship life of the Church. And so we try to be very conscious of keeping words like saints, uh, atonement, and, like, and explaining them, you know, for new Bible readers. But we don't want to take the word saints out of the Bible if we've got it in so many of our hymns and prayers. And so we tried to stay close to the worship life of the church. When we did things like punctuation and so on, we tried to put a lot of effect on commas. Is this comma going to help? the pastor reading it on Sunday, the person reading it in Bible class aloud. So we try to try to put a focus on a, keeping a close tie with the worship life of the church. I think we hope we succeeded in doing that more than many translations might have. I think the fact that it, we have lectionary and such a tradition of reading and hymns in the Lutheran church, we want our Bible translation not to get too far away from our worship life too quickly. We are grateful for the time to talk with you today and to the to the Wartburg Project and the folks at Northwestern Publishing House who have provided uh, a few copies for us to give away. And so uh, we're going to do that right here on the air in just a moment and um, following on social media as well on our Facebook page and Instagram and other KFUO social media. You want to follow those and, and check those out today, listener, um, for your opportunity to do that. So to the first caller at 1-800-730-2727, one 800 7302727 Ian is ready to take your call and uh, we'd be glad to share a copy of the Evangelical Heritage Version Bible with you today. Well, Dr. Brug, thank you so much for being my guest today and uh, and for sharing uh, with us about the Evangelical Heritage Version. Okay, happy to do so and we hope it's a blessing to many people. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll check in with our friends at the, our team at the LCMS convention in Tampa, Florida. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. Bye. 